0: In today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures, we'll be talking about Air Supply's celebrity doppelgangers, their ability to take a puerile lyric and turn it into pop purity.
1: And we also tackle our basic knowledge of American football. So enjoy Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures. So today's song is an exhausting one, and I'm already going into this completely exhausted. I listened to Making Love Out of Nothing at All 12 times in a row yesterday, and it just really took it right out of me.
0: I remember the last time we did a Jim Steinman song was Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now, and I remember we talked about trying to do this, and I said, I have nothing left in the tank. Jim Steinman just exhausts me. So I'm glad that you took the brunt of it by listening to all of those versions <laughs> yesterday.
1: I was also up until about, you know, one o'clock in the morning yesterday, and I haven't done that in such a long, long time. So maybe that's also taking it out of me. It's an Air Supply song, but as much as it's an Air Supply song, it's a Jim Steinman song. That's right. I was just going to take a look
0: quickly at the personnel to see if Graham Russell even played anything on it. Because we have Russell Hitchcock, who does the vocals. Yeah. But uh, Graham Russell... Which always kind of confused me. They're the same name. So, I feel like it's a great yeah. trivia question waiting to be made if I could come up with it. But Graham Russell plays guitar, but he's the songwriter for yeah. Air Supply. Except in this case, they brought in a special hitman, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like a hitmaker. But I'm going to call him a hitman. A hitman.
1: Uh, well, I'm looking at uh, the the Wikipedia page here. And it says, Russell Hitchcock lead vocals, Graham Russell backing vocals. So, he doesn't actually play any of the instruments wow. on this song.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, this is a definitely a Jim Steinman production. He brings in his usuals, who are Roy Bitten on piano. You have Max Weinberg on drums. So, we have our East Street representing. We have, is it Rory Dodd on backing vocals?
1: There in front uh, yeah, of Yeah, Rory Dodd on backing yeah. vocal. He's
0: the usual guy who sings this, the demo as well. Yeah. And then you have special guitar slaying beast, Derringer.
1: Yeah, Rick Derringer.
0: One of our rare moments where we could discuss how Hulk Hogan is involved somehow in this because Rick Derringer wrote, I'm a real American. Oh, seriously. <laughs> and then Jim Steinman wrote the Hulk Hogan theme. Do you remember Hulk? Hulk? Doo-doo-doo,
1: doo-doo-doo. No, I don't remember that. You're gonna remember it in a moment. This is where we spin off into our wrestling podcast here. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is Steinman. This is classic Steinman. This is great. (laughs)
0: There will be the episode we do on uh, wrestling themes, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Which yeah. will destroy the podcast. Yeah. Well. It's coming. But I digress. Yes. We have Rick Derringer there. And then just, the, I don't know all who are on those backing vocals, but they are a special group who I'm sure we have heard throughout Steinman's career.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, it's uh, Eric Troyer and uh, Holly Sherwood on backing vocals, along with uh, Rory Dodd. Right. But we we talked a lot about Jim Steinman on two of our previous episodes with Celine Dion. It's all coming back to me now. And with Meatloaf, uh, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. You've heard a lot of Jim Steinman, assuming that you've listened to a couple more of our episodes than just this one. So we want to talk a little bit about Air Supply.
0: Yeah, they met at a production of Jesus Christ Superstar in Australia.
1: They were touring around and they started a band with, uh, with another singer, with uh, someone else in the production, Chrissy Hammond, who played uh, Mary Magdalene in the production. So they started a band. Then Chrissy Hammond left to start uh, her own band with, uh, with her sister, Lindsay Hammond. So then Russell Hitchcock and Graham Russell, who were in the course of the, the production, at the end of their run through – and I think it was like 18 months that they were touring through – Australia and New Zealand, they decide to start a band together. And they had kind of a revolving cast of backing uh, musicians through the history of Air Supply. And I'm reading here that they picked the name Air Supply because it's opposite of heavy metal. Oh, really? At least that's what uh, Artist Facts is telling me, that it was a direct contrast to heavy metal, because the sound is nothing but a contrast to heavy metal.
0: Fascinatingly. ACDC comes out of Australia. So air supply kind of came to counter that balance. Yeah, it's
1: a yin and yang kind of a thing, right?
0: Yeah. So, but unlike ACDC, who's never done a ballad, these balladeers finally rock it out with Jim Steinman.
1: Yeah. Well, and this is, again, a quintessential power ballad song. And it is their
0: last major hit, right? They've had about, I think they have about eight top 10 hits in the US between. Nineteen eighty and eighty three or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. They they did quite well. I mean, they're Lost in Love, All Out of Love, a lot of love songs. Making love out of nothing at all. Oh, what else was there?
0: Even the Nights Are Bad. Yes. <laughs> There's so many great songs to do for air supply, and they have a certain feel to them. And the thing with this song is it's really outside of the air supply pocket. And so it this is what kind of makes it special also makes it kind of sinister somehow to me.
1: Yeah, it's really big and bombastic, this song. And for a band that does nothing but power ballads, it's very, you're right, it's, it's outside of their wheelhouse. But oh my goodness, do they absolutely kill this song. Consummate professionals. And can you
0: guess how many takes it took to nail this? How many times did Hitchcock have to sing this? Now, thinking about the fact that for Pandora's box. The Oh
1: yeah, for um
0: that poor singer had to do about seventy-five takes. Yes. If it's all coming back to me now. What do you think happened on this one? I, I gotta say one take. You got it. One take. One take. So Stymon's there with air supply and Hitchcock nails it one take. And Jim Stymon said to them, Oh, well, um, what do we do now? Because it was so good. Yeah, yeah. And then they said, we go home. <laughs> so, Stine I feel wasn't able to wield his vampiric magic on them and destroy
1: their lives like he's done to so many others. Yeah. That they just walked away empowered. And and what's great about this song and like the production around it and the videos and everything, because there are two videos and we're, we're going to talk about both of them. There's this mythology that surrounds steinman's music and it's all very ethereal like there's sexy ghosts and sexy vampires and all of that other sort of stuff but air supply is like no it's all about the music it's all about the story for us there's there's none of this sort of fantasy world that sort of prolificates all the other big songs by Styman. yeah well even total eclipse of the heart I, I haven't actually seen the video for that but i'm assuming there's something all fancy about it oh yeah So, I found this
0: article online, Mm -hmm. but it was like an article that was PDF'd, or they took a picture of it. Oh, so like a scan, yeah. Yeah. So, you can't really look it up well. So, I found it, read through it, and I struggled to find it again. It was through one of those Wikipedia links to a link to a link. Okay, You go through the references, and it had a list of things that Steinman had to say about the people he worked with. Oh, okay. And they were just like ridiculous things someone was saying in the 90s thinking they would not be published on something called the internet forever <laughs> what he says about air supply is not as bad as what he had to say about bonnie tyler or oh, harvest okay. rise but he said i'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. they're the most boring people i've ever met and that's what makes them so fascinating
1: jim steinman i know we said we weren't going to talk about jim steinman but it's hard not to the man was just he kind of transcended himself. Yeah. But he's a
0: character that's forever fourteen. Yeah. But also partially vampire. Yeah. And just well, never vampires when
1: they you know, if he was fourteen when he was bitten, then he's you know, he's fourteen forever. That could explain it.
0: Yeah. So like you said, it really is a Jim Steinman production. Yeah. You have just the air supply guys doing vocals, mm-hmm. the one doing the vocal of his lifetime. Yes, and then Graham Russell doing the vocals, so he's included yep. in this. But he's bringing in all his people. It sounds like all the other songs sounds a lot like Total Eclipse of the Heart, yeah, and the Meatloaf stuff, yes, and Celine Dion and everything else he's done. So and this, the Hulk Hogan theme <laughs> and the Hulk Hogan theme,
1: <laughs> yeah. So and we we talked about this. Uh, this was Air Supply's biggest song. Well, it went to number two for
0: three weeks, so yeah. it could have been the biggest. But they did have a song that did go to number one. Oh, did they? Oh, okay, which was um,
1: oh the, the one the one that you love, the one says that you, number yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, the, but I think this one somehow. I think this one may have sold more copies. Somehow, yeah. I
1: think. So did you? Do you know what song kept it out of the number one spot?
0: Yeah, total eclipse of the heart.
1: So Jim Steinman goes one and two.
0: For three weeks. For
1: three weeks. Number one and two. So they own the charts. Yeah. So you can only imagine what that did for for the man's ego.
0: Oh, man. And as they were heading down the charts after their, you know, their dominance, a Barry Manilow cover of a meatloaf song written by Jim Steinman was moving its way up. Oh, yeah. So he was (laughs) in full control, imperial mode, as they say. So um, this is a
1: full Steinman. At his peak powers. Yeah. So Air Supply, Russell Hitchcock and Graham Russell, they form in 75. Graham Russell is English and moved to Australia. They they meet on the production of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. So they had a, a string of hits in Australia. You said, what was it? Five hits from 79 to 83, something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. But they were kind of just still struggling as artists. The one article I read said that when they were on tour, they would check the couch cushions of the uh, hotels that they were at to see if there was change there so they could buy bread to make toast. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Starving artists. Man,
0: I hope they had marmite.
1: Oh, that stuff's gross. Have you had it? Oh, it's Australia. They would love marmite. Oh, I, I you know, I I tried when I was there. It's just there are certain things I, I couldn't I couldn't do.
0: Okay. Well apologies to our Australian listeners, Frank. I think marmite is fine. Yeah. You can think
1: that. Okay. All
0: right. So, this song is featured on their Greatest Hits album. Yeah, it's
1: not even on one of their proper albums.
0: Yeah. So, this is just kind of like, it's fittingly this is the end of their big run. Mm -hmm. They have a Greatest Hits album and then this is included on it. I'm almost certain that I had this record. Oh, okay. Like as a I mean, I'm five, so my parents had the record. Yeah. But that my I remember my uncle coming over to the stereo system and playing the best of air supply or air supply's greatest hits to show how great the sound was.
1: Actually, I think you gave me a copy of the C D of Air Supply's Greatest Hits for my birthday. I think it was like my twenty sixth birthday or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But uh, the the song is actually reworking the the main title theme for, for a small movie from 1980 called uh, A Circle of Friends, which Jim Steinman wrote the score for.
0: That's right. And out of that score comes both Total Eclipse of the Heart, I think. But Total Eclipse of the Heart has been jumping around in his head for his whole entire life. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. In that theme, you can hear this song in there. Mm-hmm. How much of the movie did you watch?
1: I d- watched none of it. Did you watch any of it? Ah, uh, too much of it.
0: Oh. It was just a, one of those things again, where I'm like, ah, I'm gonna watch this. And the thing that I'm realizing is that I love the music of the 70s and 80s, it's particularly the adult contemporary music. Oh, okay, like, just love it. Yeah. But to watch a two-hour movie is just a bridge too far. <laughs> So, um, no one watched the movie. Yeah, <laughs> at the first fryer, as I can tell, it wasn't really that interesting. And so he changes this into this bombastic, over the top,
1: fantastic power band. Yeah, record. yeah. So then, yeah, eighty three. It's on their greatest hits, and like you said, their their last sort of big hit. And they they have been around. there's they still tour around and still oh, yeah. record and stuff like that. But this was kind of the end of their heyday.
0: Yeah, this was it and the radio has really never played them again. Mm-hmm. So they and they mentioned that too in their interviews.
1: Yeah. But they were really really big in Asia. Like after like through oh, the yeah. through the late 80s and through the 90s, they were massive in Asia. They played a concert or they're supposed to play two days of a concert in uh Cuba I think it was. And th- there was a hurricane that that came through so the second concert was was um canceled obviously but they were talking about like there were hundreds of thousands of people at these concerts like just massive massive huge huge like hordes of people those are our people frank i think so do we need to move to cuba i think we need to do a tour anyways so if you have a couch that we can sleep on we're gonna go on tour and maybe you know we can record our podcast in your kitchen or something like that so reach out to us yeah
0: all right let's jump into this song sound good
1: Well, it begins with that piano. Yes, and and this is a little bit different from like I, I think all Jim Steinman songs kind of start the same way. Like it, it's a little bit reserved, but it's e- this is even more reserved at the at the start. Just that that simple piano and then the lyrics by uh, Russell Hitchcock, mm-hmm. and it's just like it it just eases you in. Yeah.
2: I know just where to find the answers, and I know just how to lie. I know just how to fake it, and I know just how to scheme. I know just when to face the truth, and then I know just when to dream.
0: Now, these lyrics are, uh, at least in my version here, I have verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. But in the song, they don't take a breath.
1: No right, like just keep going. It just keep, keep going, keep going. But the the first verse is it's about deception in a relationship. Yeah, the song is often rated as one of the most romantic songs, but the first verse is all about like deceiving. Just like I know how to fake this, I like I know what to do to make it seem like I love you. Like it, it just doesn't seem romantic to me. To, no I don't get it. It does this is
0: typical where people say, Oh, it's so romantic. Sort of like when you uh go to a concert at a church and someone says, They're gonna play Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Like same sort of deal. It's like, Do you does anyone listen to these lyrics? Yeah. So we've mentioned that before. Yeah. But yeah, definitely this one has that Steinman feel too, where it's yeah. like doesn't feel like true love in the sense of the sort of open-hearted gentle, innocent yeah. songs
1: that we like so much. Yeah, and uh, Jim Steinman, like, how do I how do I say this? His songs are just lusty.
0: Yeah, that's the word to use. And I think what's so exhausting for me, because you and I are such innocent, graceful, gentle people. Oh, absolutely. That we get exhausted sort of dealing with this type of content.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand it 100%. Yeah,
0: but I have a reading of this song okay. that somehow – I feel works within our our world. Yeah. The guilt-free world that we live in. Because his songs don't feel guilt-free. They feel so kind of guilty. I know, right? So, here's my take on this whole thing. Well, I'll keep coming back to it. Mm -hmm. The narrator of the song is like an illusionist. So, he says about all the things he knows how to do. Okay. He can make things happen. Mm -hmm. But she can make love out of nothing. Okay. And so, he's got illusions But she has magic. Even as he brags about all the things he can do. And all the things he can do to her, I guess, we want to say with the lusty parts, is he doesn't know what to do with her. He says he can't leave her. But then he talks about crawling to her. And then he talks about how she does these things. And nothing has meaning unless he gives her things. And she has this power. Yeah, And so there's this sort of like redeeming power here that she has... She's not being used. He doesn't know what to do with something like this, which is my kind of reading on it. What I want it to be. Yeah. You tell me. Am I right? You listened to this twelve times <laughs> yesterday.
1: <laughs> I think I've become blind to the lyrics here. I I don't know. It, it, it's tough to say. Like uh, that. That's an interesting take on it. Definitely. Yeah. There there's one take on it. It's a it's a it's a song of redemption. It's like he's bitter and jaded because. Uh, He's never had feelings for anyone, and yet somehow he he can't explain he has feelings for her, and she didn't do anything to make it happen. Yeah, that that was one take. I I don't necessarily get it, but uh, yeah, that 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 was a, a take. But but like the the surface reading of that first verse is just like no, this is a guy who's just faking everything. Right. He's he's not real. And it goes on from there where he says, "I
0: know just where to touch you," and this is where it's the master lover I suppose yeah right and I know just what to prove I know when to pull you closer I know when to let you loose I know the night is fading I know the time is gonna fly and I'm never gonna tell you everything I got to tell you but I know I gotta give it a try
1: I like that you did that in one breath
0: <sighs> yeah and that's the moment where there's a shift right because suddenly he's not in control and then I think that yeah. works with how many words jump out there where suddenly this narrator feels a bit shakier yeah and he what's he trying to tell her i thought he was he's the ultra wooer and now he's got everything he needs to say to her which feels like the moment where i kind of go with that reading I, I i also looked at a really terrible website. I'm not going to name it, but it's one of those websites that acts as It's like a major thing and they realize, oh wait, this is some dude's blog. (laughs) And it was just like, it was a reading where I'm like, no, and it's like, oh, she's making love to nothing at all because there's nothing there. I'm like, oh, ye of little faith.
2: And I know just where to touch you. And I know just what to prove. I know when to pull you closer. And I know when to let you loose And I know the night is fading And I know the time's gonna fly And I'm never gonna tell you everything I gotta tell you But I know I gotta
1: give it a try And we've spoken about this before, and I counted there are four times in this song where the lyric is is said so quickly and, and so, like, uh, forcefully and everything like in a Jim Steinman song there's at least one part where you have to do like a <gasps> big breath and just get it all out and that's there's number the, one <laughs> the, the first one was I'm never like I said what you did it all in the one breath I'm never gonna I, and I'm never gonna tell you everything I gotta tell you but you know I gotta give it a try like just Just smash it all out in one, in one big breath, just get it done. And there's three other times in this song that I count that uh, would kind of qualify as that that Steinman-esque lyric. What makes
0: it so special, and I've been thinking about this for about a year because we've been talking about this for a long, long time, is that it's an air supply song. And the power is in Hitchcock's vocal there. And there's all these other versions we've heard of it. We'll talk later about them. But what he does with his voice, his range... And just the heights he can bring his voice and the desperation he can bring out of it, it all works perfectly. Yeah. So, they can say it's Jim Steinman, but it wouldn't
1: be what it is without Hitchcock. without Hitchcock's voice. Full disclosure, I tried to sing this at karaoke last night, and I'm just like, I love this song. I know, like, I was singing along with it when I was listening to it, like, 12 times, and I got to that part and everything just completely fell off the rails. Cause at the beginning, it's just like, I know just how to whisper. And you can, you can like, it's simple enough to to sing, but once that really, those difficult lyrics come in and he just jumps up an octave and just like he plows through those lyrics and everything and it, it completely fell off the rails it's like trying to rap ice ice baby it's like i know that song i can i can sing it i can do it but then you can't because well turns out i'm not a good rapper did the crowd help you out no it was uh just like a a, a karaoke room with uh with friends where were you i was at uh, a teppanyaki tap, uh table in uh, in Niagara falls we uh you know, with the big grill and the fire and the show and everything like oh, okay. that. And then there was a karaoke room and they said like, yeah, you guys can use it for free if you want. And we uh, we butchered a lot of songs. It was, uh, And I particularly butchered this really, really badly. <laughs> I think my music career might be on hold. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, well, I'm hoping that
0: you get another opportunity to do this because when we hit our 100th episode, I want to do a celebration party. And I'm thinking oh, yes. we do a full karaoke day yeah. oh. at the Winchester backyard, springtime. Of only songs
1: that we've covered. Of,
0: yeah, we bring in all our friends and anyone who wants to be here. Yep. And then when the cops shut us down, just like that YouTube video or the Beatles yep. movie, we'll be famous. Yeah. First three. <laughs> First three. And I know the roads to riches and I know the ways to fame. I know all the rules, and then I know how to break them, and I always know the name of the game. And that's number two. Number two. (laughs) But I don't know how to leave you, and I'll never let you fall. And this is it. This is the moment, right, where we finally get where the song is going, and I don't know how you do it, making love out of nothing at all.
1: no idea what he's talking about no no neither do i but i think it's definitely about sex i think is it may about be... sex or is it about again my my surface reading of this is you know maybe he maybe she sees through like his sort of uh falsehoods but she still loves him
0: okay that's good now just because it's jim steinman he can't write making love without thinking oh yeah about you it. know absolutely right. yeah jim but, steinman meant sex but i at the same time i think you're right In that, in one of those rare moments where he doesn't go, I don't want to use the word dirty, because it makes us sound puritanical, and you and I aren't Puritans. No. I mean, we're Quakers, but we're not Puritans. (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We just start the podcast in dead silence for an hour until someone's ready to speak. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but there is something sweet about it, which is feels very different from almost all the other Steinman songs.
1: Yeah, and again, it's the way Hitchcock sings it too, right? Yeah. Cause, and the air is, supply. Yeah. They supply it. They supply air. They breathe air into this song, and they make it live, and they make it theirs. But you have all this sort of, steinman esque in the verse. And this is another like oddity. Usually it's the it's the chorus that really brings everything out, but the verses are so dramatic. The, yeah. the chorus is like it's just, you know, out of nothing at all, making love out of nothing at all, and just repeating out of nothing at all. Like there's not a whole lot to the chorus necessarily, but it's also uh the way Hitchcock comes off that bombastic verse, and it's like and I don't know how you do it, and he like brings it back down.
0: Yeah, and it helps to have that chorus of
1: voices. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And it, it just softens everything. Yeah.
2: And I don't know how you do it. Make a love out of nothing at all. Out of nothing. At
0: And then we come back and it's back to the sort of breathless lines. I think this must be it. I mean, you have them counted. Yeah. But it helps have lyrics for this part because this is where it's like you got to keep up and it is something.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because again, they take that sort of soft chorus and they come again with this like (laughs) bombastic verse. Every
0: time I see you, all the rays of the sun are all streaming through the waves in your hair. And every star in the sky is taking aim at your eyes like a spotlight. The beating of my heart is a drum, and it's lost, and it's looking for a rhythm like you. You can take the darkness from the pit of the night and turn it into a beacon burning endlessly bright. I've got to follow it, because everything I know, well, it's nothing till I give it to you. Like, that is... One long sentence. Yeah. And that's the sort of sentence where, to me as a teacher, you'd be kind of wanting to write down a note to a kid, but at the same time, there's something so pure about this. Like, this is the ultimate letter from a teenager to the teenager's, like, object of affection. It really is object. And they're just saying these such pure-hearted words outside of any frame of... You know, reference in terms of like, oh, you don't say that. Oh, that's cliche. It's yeah, just
1: there's no cynicism in oh, like man. Th- it's all like you said, it's
0: pure. And this is why it works so well for air supply, because they they're not cynical. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bonnie Tyler, when she sings it, we'll talk about that later, but it's it's a different feel. Yeah. And she's, you know, she has her thing. The raspy voice and stuff gives this sort of weight of I don't know if the word is danger, but something more earthy. Yeah. But with Hitchcock and Russell, they're just, they're air supply. Yeah. They're your parents' music. They're the music you and I like, but we would never tell anyone. We would talk about Phil Collins or Michael Bolton before we would ever talk about air supply. Air supply,
1: yeah. And uh, like watching the video and and doing the research and everything, it's like these guys had to make it on the merit of their their musical talent and their ability to, to sing and everything because they just look like average guys oh yeah like there, there's no uh, well I, I guess um what's his name um graham russell is like he's six foot five so i guess there's there's that about him and everything but just like they just look like two uncles on his stage <laughs>
0: I love this verse and just looking at it, I don't even know how to talk about stars in the sky taking aim at your eyes like a spotlight, like every single star. So, it's yeah. like if you try to get that visual, it's so bizarre. Yeah. And then the beating of his heart is a drum and it's lost. So, he's not only is his beating his heart as drumming, but it's lost and it's looking for a rhythm like her. I'm like, oh man, it's just, I love the dedication to the metaphor. But also how it's just kind of loosely there. Yeah, like, it no, doesn't really make sense. You can take the darkness from the pit of the night and mm-hmm. turn it to a beacon burning endlessly bright. And that goes to the making love of nothing. It's like you take the darkness turning to light. Yeah. I've got to follow it because everything I know well is nothing till like, I give it to you. And th- there's also this like give it to you isn't some sort of dirty phrase. But I've got to follow it everything I know. So, it's the, the idea that everything that he knows and understands, he wants to give it over to her. Mm-hmm. So, he is under her, I don't want to say spell, because it makes her into well, sort of like, wizard sort of, like sexy witch or something. <laughs> exactly. But for all that he can do, he doesn't have it for her, right? Like, for every single thing that he's able to control, he can't with her. And there is something about that to me. That is both the sort of innocence of first love, true love, but it's true about love. Mm -hmm. Is that when you're in it, it is something beyond your own skill set to deal with. It just feels special. Tell me more about love, Bill. It's a lot of stumbling. Uh,
1: Well, which brings us into our next lyric.
0: Well, it brings us into Derringer's killer
1: guitar. Oh, yeah, because... In in the middle of the cor- the middle of the this sort of string of verses, there's the like a musical bridge, and just this ripping guitar solo, unlike anything in the Air Supply catalog, because Rick Derringer
0: is not Air Supply. No, he's a real American. Yeah, he fights for the right of every man. <laughs> <laughs> it is something else. I find it amazing i i try to quickly go through interviews with air supply and they just don't talk about this song oh no but they play the song every night yeah but there's nothing to say i guess because they nail it and take walk off and let yeah. jim
1: Styman do the rest yeah. right and jim Styman i i can only picture him like they walk off after one take and he's just like well the, what but but i have the studio booked all day yeah. <laughs> nope i'm gonna i'm gonna get some marmite and put it on toast <laughs>
0: All right, verse 5 I believe is is yours for the taking.
1: Yeah, so and this is this is so fantastic. I can make the runner stumble. I can make the final block. I can make every tackle at the sound of the whistle. I can make all the stadium's rock. There's so much to talk about in just those four lines. First of all, I'm assuming that Jim Steinman wrote this about football. For sure, cuz he loves cheerleaders, he loves football, he's
0: all about sort of the Americana. Does does he love football? Uh I think he loves the idea
1: of loving the idea of football. Cuz like like I can make the runner stumble, so I'm guessing it's like someone with the football, so like a receiver or running back or something like that, but It's sports lyrics written by someone who doesn't understand what the sport is, sung by an Englishman and an Australian. So I guess, you know, Aussie rules football or or rugby or something like that. But it it doesn't make sense in in the context of, of these lyrics. Especially with that,
0: I can make every tackle at the sound of the whistles. Like, well, listen, if the whistle goes, that's the end of the play. Yeah, the tackle usually precedes the whistle. Yeah, because if you're tackling at the whistle, I think that goes to flag. Well, it depends. Like it it we don't understand sports so good. I know. I was just going to say to you, did it sound like I understood what I was talking about? A
1: little bit, yeah. Did I'm, we write these lyrics?
0: <laughs> side note, I'm amazed that American football is like the top sport in the United States. Yeah. Like I just I didn't really get it because I don't get it. Yeah.
1: I really don't get it. Yeah. But the best part about this is there's these sort of vague football references. I'm assuming this is football. And then it's I can make all the stadiums rock. And then at the end of rock, there's Derringer on the guitar just with this like searing guitar riff that comes in. Yeah. And so it's just is... like like stadium rock. Here we yeah. go. This halftime is halftime show. Oh yeah. This is again Steinman. Yeah. Pure Steinman. Yeah.
0: I can make tonight forever or I can make it disappear by the dawn and i can make you every promise that has ever been made and i can make all your demons be gone there it is yeah, is that number 4 that's number 4 and that's the thing where you know he's the 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 world's most incredible lover so he claims yeah. and that he's also an exorcist somehow yeah <laughs> so but then it goes to apparently verse 6 according to the genius.com To us, it just keeps going. Yeah. But I'm never going to make it without you. Do you really want to see me crawl? And that's the sort of thing where I think Bono's mysterious ways kind of hints at some of this too, where you're just trying to get there. I'm never going to make it like you do, making love to nothing at all. And that's that moment where he admits he has nothing to bring to the table. Yeah. For all his braggadociousness, there's nothing there. (laughs) And that is the end of the song in terms of verses. That's the end of it. And mm-hmm. so, I think there is an argument to be made that there's all this, I have all these skills, but I have nothing when it comes to you.
1: Yeah. So, is is she the one making love out of nothing at all? She makes yeah. love out of nothing at all. Yeah.
0: Or as we say in the theological world, ex nihilo, the creation out of nothing.
1: Out of nothing at all. So the, the verses are over again, those like bombastic, like fantastic, over the top verses. And they finish off with a chorus. And it's just making love out of nothing at all. And it's just repeating that over and over. And it goes on for a number of repeats. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of fading, 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 fading. And you think, okay, this is the natural end to this song. Then halfway through all of this, that's when uh, Russell Hitchcock. Like it's, it's fading, it's like, out of nothing at all, out of nothing at all. And then it's just like, out of nothing at all. And just like, <laughs> he just ramps it right back up to 11. <laughs> it's so good. It's
0: so good. And it just comes right back up. Yeah. And then the choir, the Steinman choir comes on with him and he goes and goes. And to his credit, he nails his vocal. Imagine pulling this off in one
1: That's crazy to me.
0: And that just tells you how great he is as a vocalist. It is insane. So the Creditor Air Supply, they've been friends for, well, I guess 45 years or something like that. Yeah. And they're also like together. They're not like Hall Notes who describe themselves as divorced parents trying to look after their kids, which are the songs. Yeah. They like each other. Yeah. And so Graham Russell is the songwriter. Russell Hitchcock is the singer. And they just understand each other this way. Yep. And they give Russell Hitchcock the spotlight here. Yeah. Just like all those stars going on to Russell Hitchcock and he kills it. Yeah. It's a walk-off home run. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane.
1: I mean, he made the final block according to the lyrics. So <laughs> or the tackle as the or whistle the goes. <laughs> or, or he made a runner stumble. <laughs> or a steel chair to the back of the head yeah, when exactly. the ref wasn't looking.
0: <laughs> so, Did you listen to the other versions? There's only one real major other
1: version. I, I listened to the Bonnie Tyler version, yeah
0: and there's extra lyrics. Yeah. But it's so exhausting. Yeah. That I feel like this is not a fair comparison. No. Forgive me. But Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah has like 42 verses or something. And so I feel like Jim Steinman's like, "Oh, look, there's another verse. Like of course he's got another verse." And I'm sure it's about something to do with like inhibitions, which it is. And it's like, "Okay, Jim. All right, Jim." And so the Bonnie Tyler version is good. It has that whole choir and thunder sounds, and it just feels even more Steinman than this. And it's all right, but the air supply is so definitive. Yes. That there's a reason why most people don't even bother touching it. Because originally this was presented to Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. And his record company couldn't make... um,
1: yeah, the the record company was anti-Steinman at the time.
0: Right, and so this would have been a Meatloaf song. I think it would have been huge. Yes. But Hitchcock does something I don't think Meatloaf could do, and I, I hesitate to say it, but there's something here about the purity of this band and this song lifts the song up out of the Steinman sort of mire. Well,
1: and it's kind of a juxtaposition. Well, okay. I, I shouldn't say that because Celine Dion is – there's a purity about Celine Dion. and I think she probably did something similar with It's All Coming Back to Me Now. But it's that juxtaposition that there's the over-the-top bombasticness of Steinman, and which is fantastic and great and dramatic and all that. But then there's, like I said, the, just these two weird uncles on a stage singing this song. And it doesn't fit, but they do something so great with it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, there are versions out there, but this is the version.
1: hmm hmm you, Your favorite part? What's your favorite part? Oh, geez. It's it's easily the, in the verses, it's those moments where you have to take that big breath to get those yeah, lyrics out. Yeah, we got that. And I feel the same. I think verse four in particular. Yeah. With the
0: streams and the stars and all that. Yeah. And then Derringer's electric guitar rip.
1: Well, and then there's the, yeah, the electric guitar rip after the the sports lyrics, which, again, just they don't they don't fit they don't make sense but they make so much sense
0: speaking of making sense and not making sense we have two videos to go with this oh yeah now you watch the second video yeah. for some reason they didn't like the original but let's talk about the second video first and then go to the original so second video is a story of a marine i think i call everyone a marine but i guess they're a war vet yeah None a marine because he did not wear the suit
1: yeah, no, I, I think it was just uh, uh someone coming home from war or right. coming out of the army or whatever.
0: Right. And then they meet each other, man and woman. They well, have a life.
1: And 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 this is this is they meet each other on the streets. She's carrying some bags of groceries and she drops them and he's just kind of standing there watching for like 30 seconds. It's just like, man, just to help like we know you're gonna help pick up the groceries. Just start doing it earlier. Like, why are you just sitting there watching? Like, help out. That's my big problem right. with the video.
0: <laughs> oh man, I it, there's. I mean, my big problem with the video is he seems like kind of a deadbeat dad because he's mad at her because she's got a later on because they get married, they have a kid, and he's complaining during dinner, yeah, and throwing things, yeah. But then I think they make up at the end.
1: Yeah, so it's it's that uh, you know they fall in love. There's sort of rough patches, but ultimately it's redemption at the end and they're, you know, they make love out of nothing at all.
0: I hate that video. I
1: hate it because yeah. the first
0: one's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, so
1: ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the one thing that I noticed in, in the in that vi- the second video was there's uh, interspersed, there's shots of Air Supply on stage, like Graham, uh, Graham Russell and, and Russell Hitchcock on stage performing this song. But in the background, there's you can see these backlit drummers. So you, you can't see the drummers, their faces or who's there. But and there's like mist and everything coming from behind them. But there's two of them, and they are just going for it every single time. There's the drummer in the shot. Their arms are just flailing about and it's just like because the there are very very heavy drums in this song, Max like, Weinberg. Yeah, yeah, but. It, Just like this, like, like two drummers and they're both just getting after it. It was fantastic. That's the best part of the video.
0: But the first original video. Yeah. Great acting. Wow. (laughs) So, um, Cram Russell takes the shot at being the uh, leading man here. So he's with his, his woman. His best girl. (laughs) And he says, for some reason they're fighting about his job because he's got to go for one more tour and she's like i'm not gonna be here when you come back sort of deal yeah and he's all upset about it and he he leaves (sighs) to go with air supply on their tour while she stays back and then immediately
1: (laughs) he immediately (laughs) sleeps with another woman (laughs) he (laughs) sleeps with him there's a woman sitting
0: beside him and he stares at this picture but the picture of his is of him making love To his other girlfriend, which is like one of the worst pictures you could have up, I think, when you're (laughs) with somebody else. But also, did you bring a photographer in for
1: that? Did you you bring that framed picture onto her and put it up on the nightstand while you're sleeping with this other woman?
0: It's incredible. So he goes back to that. And then he's having these sort of memories of her while he's on the plane and everyone else in air supply is having a great old time. Yeah. It's just, I just can't stop laughing, thinking about how ridiculous the video is. And then his uh, girlfriend, or maybe ex-girlfriend, I don't know what that is, because they kind of broke up at the airport, she turns around and decides to come back to him. Yeah. And so the whole thing is just kind of concert footage, and she's getting back to him, and then finally she sees him on the side of stage yeah. and says, I love you, but now is it. But in such a way that everyone can
1: understand that she was yeah cuz it was uh, again fantastic acting in this video <laughs> oh yeah cuz it it was uh it's um Graham Russell's real life wife oh really yeah
0: which one the one who is who he cheated with or the
1: <laughs> no 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 the the one uh, the one um that he left that comes back
0: oh good i hope they're still together
2: out of nothing at all out of nothing at all out of nothing
0: To me, that video is just so purely
1: of its time. Oh, yeah, because they end up dancing together at the end and it's misty and it's a laser light that's sort of shining around. That was just, oh, this is so fantastic.
0: And this is a song that highlights Hitchcock. And yeah. really, it's Russell the video is all about, even though it's like, hey, listen, yeah. we could have had anyone else here. It's yeah. really just Hitchcock's vocals. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But
0: he's just there looking kind of goofy and, hey, even at one point he grabs his shoulder to say, want to join us for a sing-along? Yeah. <laughs> While you're looking really sad looking out the window. Oh, oh what a video. Yep, yeah. It'll be in the show notes. Yes. Categories?
1: Yes. I have, I have a new one. Sorry, oh, I have I'm, one. I'm excited. Very, very specific for for this. And again, and I don't want to like belabor the point. of just like, they're just two average guys. Yeah. What sitcom duo perfectly resembles these two? Which 80s sitcom duo okay. perfectly I got a, resembles I got a couple. them?
0: Okay. Can I go with Larry and Balky? That's
1: exactly what I was thinking. Because <laughs> Hitchcock looks like Larry Appleton. <laughs> It does, yes. And, and well, I mean, just because uh, Belky Bartokomus was was taller and bigger, and you yeah. know, I guess objectively more attractive than than uh, than Larry Appleton, that would be uh, Graham Russell, right? That's it's, I was watching. It's just like, is this perfect strangers?
0: Oh my goodness! So, so this would be Marianne breaking yes. up with Belky Bartokomus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good call. And I, uh, I dug deep within myself to find perfect strangers waiting.
1: Oh, I know. Like, we're the same person. I think, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Excellent. That was a good category. Uh, well, the Hallmark movie is the first video, the original video. So, I mean, it's it's a Hallmark After Dark. For sure, yeah. With with you know,
1: well, anytime you're using the term "making love," yeah, no, we don't make that. Yeah, it makes me feel weird just saying that. Am I grown up yet or no? We'll never grow up. No. Okay.
0: Okay. Michael Bolton. We talk about this a lot. I don't want Michael Bolton touching this
2: song. No,
1: neither do I. No. As as much as I love Michael Bolton, I I, I think this is better is better left left alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've uh well I established last night that uh, this song is almost impossible to sing at karaoke.
0: Okay you you didn't say representable, but you said impossible. No, I said representable. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now you just said impossible. <laughs> oh, I didn't, did I? Impossible. Yeah, impossible. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Uh, this needs support for karaoke. Yeah. Hitchcock can't do this without Russell. Yeah. Even though Hitchcock's first name is, is Russell. Russell. Yeah. But he needs Russell. Yes. Graham Russell. Graham Russell. So when you do this at our party for the hundredth episode, Spectacular, I'll be there.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Not singing. I'll just be there. Just there for support. Yeah.
0: Okay. This feels like a weird wedding song. Yeah. So it definitely isn't a wedding song between a couple. But even like, it could be end of the night where everyone's gone and the yeah. DJ's like, well, whatever, I'll just put this song on.
1: Yeah. And again, people have called this one of the most romantic songs in, like, song history. Well, there's
0: an episode of The Bachelor, by I mean episode, like at the end of The Bachelor where two of them are together and they had Air Supply come on and sing this. Oh, really? I'm like,
1: that, does anyone know
0: this? <laughs> Did they get Leonard Cohen to sing this? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was odd. They still do this in concert really well I mean Hitchcock's had to change his range And stuff Yeah. But a good friend of mine Sarah Johnson from LA Posted a video of her At a concert just getting The um, verse 4 of this Oh okay And she's just yelling Not yelling but she's just like yeah Saying yeah and he just (laughs) keeps going and going That's fantastic So they're still moving They're still doing their thing
1: Yeah which is great Yeah we need to see them if they come to uh, come to Niagara. Mixtape time. Yeah. All right. You go first. Okay. So mine's uh, no real theme, more of a, if I was putting this on a mixtape, these are the other songs that are going to be there. Kind of like, well, definitely ballads. Okay. Don't Dream It's Over, Crowded House. Good song. Uh, more Than Words by Extreme. Mm-hmm. Keep On Loving You by Ario Speedwagon. Right Here Waiting, Richard Marks, You're the Inspiration by Chicago, and then we finish it off with Open Arms by Journey. We're great. And these are all open-hearted songs, yes. right?
0: Which is rare for Steinman, who has there's this, both this like 14-year-old obsessiveness, but this open-heartedness is different for him. Yeah. And you nailed it with your songs. Now on to my songs. My songs are going to deal with... Magic. <laughs> because Fantastic. she makes love into nothing at all, which he sees her, I guess, as some sort of creative force, as in the creator. So, here are mine. You Can Do Magic by America. Believe it or not, from The, the Greatest American Hero. <laughs> like, kind of alters the whole feel of it, but... Just a bit. Yeah. She's a Mystery to Me by Roy Orbison. Disappear by excess like disappearing yeah baby what a big surprise oh yes Chicago they love their magic shows yeah and nothing from nothing Billy Preston oh okay so because nothing comes from nothing making love out of nothing all together here's a magic show pull a rabbit out of a hat but instead it's Jim Steinman out of a hat and that hat is air supply
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd pay for that show So that was Air Supplies Making Love Out of Nothing at All. And I know we talked and said we weren't going to speak about Jim Styman, but it, it's so difficult not to speak about Jim Steinman on this song because he just infiltrates and has his hands all over the, the lyrics and the music and everything that the song is all about. And it's really tough on our podcast to say everything that we need to say, you know, make it work. And I'm never going to tell you everything I got to tell you But you know I'm going to give it a try.
0: And you know what? Whether you got some darkness from the pit of the night, remember the songs that we are choosing and the songs that we all love are those beacons burning endlessly bright. Thank you so much for listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. ¶¶